0: Welcome Slate Church to Good Friday and guess it's so good to have you. No matter how you found us, whether it was a link sent from a friend, maybe you stumbled upon, uh, across the link or you saw it on social media, we're just so glad to have you today and we're so thankful that you would tune in. Good Friday means a lot to us that call in the name of Jesus and it's, a, it's a, an important day in the calendar for us as we celebrate uh, the fact that Jesus died on a cross for our sins to bring us back into relationship with him. My name is Brandon. I'm one of the lead pastors here alongside my wife, Emma. And we're just so glad that you would tune in. And we pray that this would be a blessing to you. Uh, Whether you have followed Jesus for a long time, or maybe you're just interested and curious about what Good Friday means to us as as, as followers of Jesus. um, We're really glad that you would tune in and we pray that this would be a blessing to you. We pray that this would be something that um, uh, fills you with life and that you would experience the presence of God in your life today as we begin to sing and hear from God's word and take communion together. So I'm gonna pray. Wherever you find yourself, if you're at a watch party, you're at home, why don't you just stand your feet? I'm gonna pray and then we're going to uh, immediately start worshiping. So why don't we lean in right here from the start. Jesus, we thank you so much for who you are and we thank you, Lord, that we get to gather to- together today, whether it's in homes or at a watch party. Lord, we wanna thank you for your death on the cross because it paid a price that we couldn't pay for ourselves, Lord. Lord, what you paid for us was something that we deserve, but you took it upon yourself. And we wanna thank you for that. We wanna thank you that we can come into this place today free because of your sacrifice. So today we celebrate. Today we glorify your name. Today is not just a solemn day, but it's actually a day of celebration as well. We thank you for everything that you've done for us, Jesus. We pray this all in your name. Amen.
1: Come on, church, we're gonna worship this Good Friday. I would just
2: encourage you as we head into worship. Let's just so be so thankful for the sacrifice that Jesus made for us today.
1: Oh, we we'll sing the passion of our Savior. The passion of our Savior. The mercy of The cross leaves no question of the measure of his love. Our chains are gone, our, our day, day is paid. The cross has overthrown the grave for Jesus. Sets us free means death to death and life for me. The innocent, just guilty, while the guilty one walks free. Death would be his portion. whole life. I give my whole life to honor this love. By the Lamb who was slain, I'm forgiven
3: Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied by his knowledge. My righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors.
1: Sing, man of sorrows in a sa Church, why don't we take some time right now and thank God for the sacrifice that Jesus made. Thank you, God, for you paid paid the price for me, Jesus. Sing, my debt is paid. Now my debt is paid, it is paid in full by the precious Jesus, now the curse of sin has no hold on me through the sign. Take the bread can read me and until I see you face to face, until at last I've won my race.
2: I love that we get the opportunity to worship together on this Good Friday, that we get to take time to remember Christ's sacrifice in our lives and what that actually means for us today. And I want to read from Romans 325 to 26. It says this, God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. There are a lot of big words in there. There are a lot of confusing components of that scripture, but I hope that we can dig into it a little bit more. I also want to take you quickly to Matthew 27, verse 45. From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why don't we pray today, church? Jesus, I thank you for your death on the cross and that we get to come together and remember the sacrifice you made. I pray you would bless this message in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, listen, we know 2,000 years later after Jesus' death on the cross that this really is a good Friday. We know this in light of Easter Sunday coming. We know, we have the foresight that Jesus once again rises from the dead. He doesn't remain dead. It's actually a day of celebration, because we get to know about his resurrection. But today is actually one of the most pivotal days for all people, because it is a day that represents freedom. You know, I don't want to skip over Good Friday in light of Easter Sunday, because I believe it's actually significant for us today. You know, I've been talking to our kids about Easter and what this means and what this looks like. And and uh, Kenzie is our very literal oldest daughter. And as much as she loves chocolate, uh, I mean, she is a Richardson. Um, you know, she was talking to her grandpa the other day and she's like, you know, grandpa, Easter is about Jesus dying. And it's the truth. It is about his death. It's about his resurrection. But you know, I wonder sometimes if we have allowed the familiarity of Good Friday, just the frequency of it coming every single year, to remove our curiosity and wonder about the sacrifice and suffering of Jesus. I wonder if we actually stop in reverence at the sacrifice that Jesus made. You know, I think for some of us, uh, we actually take more time on Remembrance Day in November to think about uh, fallen soldiers and what happened there than we do on Good Friday to actually stop and think about and wonder and marvel at the sacrifice that Jesus made. You know, this weekend obviously is one for celebration, but I also want to take you into a deeper understanding and revelation of the sacrifice of what Jesus did on that cross. You see, suffering is something that actually most people want to turn away from. Uh, You know, I was in the office the other week and Pastor Jared was sharing about a new show that's shown up on Disney Plus. And basically what happens here is they go out into the wild, into the animal kingdom, and they just watch the brutality of animals going at each other, but they don't turn the cameras off or take the cameras away. So I guess we could say that most people don't like to spend their time watching suffering and, and noticing that, but some do find entertainment in it. You see, for many of us, Good Friday is a precursor to Easter Sunday. It's the storm before the rainbow. It is the necessary negative before the joyful celebration. But at times, it's actually important for us to stop and examine the suffering of Christ. If we are actually going to have a deeper revelation of what it actually means that he would die on the cross for our sins. We talk about this all the time in church, but there's actually a real significance here because Jesus suffered on that cross. You know, Wayne Grudem, a theologian and author, he talks about the suffering of Jesus. And we read in the Gospels Jesus going uh, from being on trial to being whipped and beaten and dying on the cross and this brutal death that takes place. But sometimes we don't acknowledge what really happened there. You see, the first way that Jesus suffered was a physical way. We often will talk about this, and we, maybe you even take time and think about this on Good Friday, that Jesus suffered physically on the cross. You see, a crucifixion, it, Jesus wasn't the only one who would have been crucified during this time, but it would, was one of the most brutal ways for someone to die. They were affixed to a cross with nails in their, their hands and feet. And in order to actually breathe, they would have to lift themselves up, causing so much pain to go throughout their body, as you can imagine. And eventually they would suffocate, eventually they wouldn't have the strength and Jesus had been whipped, Jesus had been uh, brutally treated as he went to the cross and this was a slow and brutal death. And maybe when you think of the suffering Jesus, you think of this physical pain that he went through. But I want to tell you church, although this was extremely significant, the suffering that Jesus went through physically, it doesn't even... It's not even really close to some of the other suffering that Jesus experienced on that cross. You see, there was also a psychological suffering that Jesus would have gone through where he actually bore the guilt of, sh- uh, of sin. He hated sin. Let's just be honest here. Jesus was, one, was sinless. He was without sin. He hated sin. He rebelled against everything evil. And yet sin was fully and completely put on him. You know, sin in itself is when we uh, are doing things and engaging in things and thinking things and working through things that are separate from God, that are outside of God. And for all of us, we can, we can probably recall a time where we have felt guilty, where we have recognized that what we are doing is apart from the values that we have through, through God, through our relationship with God. And this guilt comes and we've experienced that. Now imagine all of that guilt from every single sin ever ever uh, engaged in, being put on you at once. Isaiah 53:6. we read this earlier. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us have turned to our own way. And the Lord laid on him, on Jesus, the iniquity of us all. The sin of all humanity was put on Jesus. The psychological toll would have been complete suffering. It's not just yours. It's not just mine. It is for all people in all time. Jesus also suffered through abandonment. Maybe you felt lonely in this season of COVID. Maybe you have felt very alone in different times in your life. Jesus knows and understands loneliness. He was completely alone on that cross. Not only did he take all of these things on, but he did it by himself. There was suffering in the abandonment. But I want to hit on this last form of suffering a little bit more. And this is the suffering of the wrath of God. You know, this can sound a little bit strange. The wrath of God, what are you talking about? What does this mean? And, and basically when, when sin entered this world, there's a necessary response to sin. This separation from, Christ, from God, this separation of humanity, the created from the creator. There's a necessary response and that is the wrath of God. You see, God is love, but God is also just. He is justice. You see, in the English Standard Version of Romans 3.25, which is just another version of the Bible, the the passage we read earlier, it says this, through the redemption that is Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood. What in the world does propitiation mean? What does this mean? Basically, it means that Jesus was a sacrifice that took on God's wrath, that bore his wrath so that God could see us, his children, favorably, that this sin would be fully forgiven, that the wrath of God would completely go towards Jesus as he was hanging on that cross, as he was suffering, as he was dying, the wrath of God would completely come to him. 2 Corinthians 5 21, God who made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him, in Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. You see, God fully unleashes his wrath on Jesus. He sees Jesus as sin, and this is the justice of God at work. You see, this is an important thing for us to note and, and actually take a moment to recognize here that Jesus' suffering was not just physical, but he actually experienced God's uh, a response to the sin of the world before and after Jesus takes the weight of all of this. He bears all of it for us. You see, Romans 3.23 says, just as we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God, it says all of us have sinned. All of us fall short. It goes on to say all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. All of us deserve God's wrath, and yet Jesus took it FOR US. YOU SEE, WE SEE JESUS CRY OUT, MY GOD, MY GOD, WHY HAVE YOU FORSAKEN ME? IN THE MIDST OF HIS SUFFERING, HE CRIES OUT TO THE FATHER. AND HE'S ACTUALLY QUOTING THE PSALMIST IN PSALM 22, VERSE 1. HE'S BASICALLY SAYING, WHY HAS THIS GONE ON FOR SO LONG? WHEN WILL YOU RESCUE ME? THIS IS, THIS IS a FULLY MAN, FULLY GOD fully suffering and experiencing this wrath and saying, when will this happen? You see, Jesus understood that he would suffer. We see this as it leads up to his death. He recognizes that he would suffer, but the experience of it is another thing completely. You see, he had taken on the wrath of God for all sin that had been done previously, which God had forgiven, but in his, right, his righteous anger had not yet been released. And finally, in John 19:30, Jesus says, it is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. You see, in that moment, the punishment for our sins was paid. It was out of God's love and God's justice. It's important that we see both characteristics of God played out on the cross. It was because of his love and his justice that Jesus died on that cross. You see... God's love is so great that he actually chose to save humanity. Can we just realize for a moment that God didn't have to do that? Sometimes we take that for granted so quickly that God, of course God would save humanity. Of course God didn't have to do that. It was out of his love. But there had to be atonement, something called atonement. Basically, this is a reconciliation from the divide that happened between humanity and God. Someone had to make up for that. There had to be atonement in order for this to actually be congruent in line with God's character of being just. And this atonement was Jesus, this one who would stand in the gap, the one who would make the way, the one who would take on this wrath, this sin, it was Jesus. You see, this Good Friday, it's not enough, whether you're a believer or not, to simply go through the motions, to have brunch, to relax, to take this as a day off, to go out and maybe buy some chocolate, to get together with family, to, to do some virtual hangouts, and maybe just take a moment to thank Jesus. We actually need to be able to take some time today and actually recognize, have a deeper revelation of the suffering that Jesus took on in your place, in my place. This is a big deal. This is no small thing. We need to recognize that without him, we would have no way to be reconciled to God. See, Romans 6, 23 says, for the wages of sin is death. We know what the result of sin is. We know what the result of being separate from God is. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, maybe today you're tuning in because that's what you do on Good Friday. Maybe somebody sent you the link. Maybe this is something that you've done every Good Friday. You go to church. You watch church. Maybe you dress up a little bit. Maybe you've slept in. You're eating lots of food today. Maybe you're getting some fish and chips. Maybe some pancakes. Spending time with the family. Maybe this is part of your tradition. But I believe that Jesus came not just to be a part of your family tradition, but to actually be a part of your whole life. Your sin, shame, guilt, burdens, the things you do, the things you think that se- and say that separate you from God, the things you feel ashamed of, the things you struggle with, the stuff that nobody else knows about. He died for you, for your sin, for your shame. John 3, 16, a well-known verse says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, but there is more to it than that. This is a message directed at you today. It says that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world. Jesus is not condemning you today but to save the world through Him. That wrath of God is not something you have to carry. God is not mad at you. God is not angry with you. You don't have to uh, hold on to that sin and shame anymore. You can release it today because Jesus paid the price for your life, for your eternity, for your relationship with Him today. You You are saved. You simply need to turn to Jesus and receive it. So maybe that's you today and you're saying, hey, I actually need to make a decision. I want to make a decision to follow Jesus. I didn't realize that he actually took that on so I don't have to. And I can have a relationship with God today. If you feel that today, if you want to make that decision today, I would just love to pray with you right now, wherever you are. Jesus, I thank you that we get to receive salvation through you, that you would die on that cross. And God, I pray for every person making a decision right now to follow you, to trust in you, to receive the the freedom, the free gift of salvation today. I just pray for each one of them in your name, amen. And listen, I just want to pray just for all of us, church, anyone listening, anyone watching right now, that we would continue just to have that deeper revelation and to thank God in this moment. Jesus, I thank you that you would come down to this earth that you would live a life that is blameless, God. And Jesus, you would suffer and die on a cross when really you had done nothing wrong. But Jesus, we recognize today that, yes, that suffering was physical. But we also recognize the abandonment, God, the psychological feelings of guilt. And Lord, the wrath of the Father, they came on you in that time. Jesus, we thank you that you would take that on, that you would suffer in our place, that you would stand in the gap, that you would make a way that we could be saved, that we could be set free, that we no longer have to have separation from God. Through your sacrifice, we thank you for this, Jesus. In your name, amen. Amen.
0: Well, church, now we're going to take some time to celebrate communion. And you have a little bit of time if you need to go grab uh, some bread or a cracker or a drink or that sort of thing. If you want to join us uh, for communion, as I explain a little bit about what's about to take place here. If you've uh, taken communion before, you know what to expect. But there are those of you that have never taken communion before, and you're wondering what what is this all about. Everything that Emma just said is exactly what communion is about. In fact. Communion is about remembering everything that, Je- uh, that, that Emma just said that Jesus did. And it's really important to understand this because Paul actually urges those that take communion to actually look internally and take stock of what's actually going on inside and offer that up with repentance before Jesus before we actually take communion. And so uh, this is something that Jesus did himself before he went to the cross, and he gave us these instructions to remember him. And so what we have before us is the communion elements and we have a piece of bread and some grape juice to represent the bread and the wine that Jesus took the night that he was betrayed. And for some of us, you know, all throughout COVID, we've been doing this on either Fridays, we started on Fridays at noon, and now we do it every single prayer morning. And our prayer mornings happen at 6.30 a.m. every single Thursday on a Zoom call that you can actually find at slatechurch.com prayer. Anybody is welcome to join us. You don't have to turn your mic or your camera on uh, during that time, but you can actually just join us. And we actually take communion every single week as a church. And so today is a chance for us to take it Um, on Good Friday to remember all that Jesus did. And so hopefully you've gotten that before you right now. I just want to read the um, words of Jesus the night that he was betrayed, that he led uh, his disciples in, or the the communion that he led his closest followers in um, before he went to the cross. And in Matthew chapter 26, verse 26, it says that while they were eating the last supper, Jesus took bread, And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body. So before we take and eat church, I'm going to encourage us to do as Paul said, take stock of of those things that potentially our heart isn't in right alignment with God and, and recognize that right now you can release that to him. In fact, if you've already called upon the name of Jesus and you've made that decision to follow him right now, the process that you need to take is actually just thanking him that you are forgiven because of uh, believing in him. You are already made right with God and you can thank him in this moment. So why don't we just make that, uh, take that time to think about that right now. Jesus, we wanna thank you that you paid a price on that cross that we could not pay for ourselves, that you were, were um, put in place for us, a place that we should have been in, but, but actually, God, you took that for us. And so, God, right now, as we take this bread, we remember the sacrifice you made that brings us into a right, right relationship with you, and it actually makes us pure before the Father. We thank you so much for this. In Jesus' name, why don't we partake, church? It's always is such a solemn moment, but this is a moment of celebration. And I always laugh a little when I'm doing communion because it takes so long to chew the bread, and you want to continue to move on. But it says in verse twenty-seven, Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you. I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. Why don't we just take some moment, just another moment to reflect on the goodness of God. And, and actually, as we begin to partake right now, we take 30 seconds to reflect. Let's remember that Sunday's coming, that this is not the end of the story, that the sacrifice on the cross was part one. But part two is where we really get our celebration from is where he's resurrected. And we can actually celebrate as we take this drink uh, and remember that Jesus didn't pour it out in vain. In fact, he poured it out for our victory. So why don't we take 30 seconds to thank him and lean in in expectation because Sunday's coming. Jesus, we know the night that your disciples were taking, this, the, uh, taking communion for themselves, that there'd be a lot of questions. You would die on a cross that night, something that they actually weren't even really expecting, even though you were saying it in plain sight. And you, you were telling them what was about to happen, and yet they couldn't believe it, they were scattered. There's so much uncertainty, you were put to death and you were, you, you were gone from their presence for three days. And God, they didn't know what to do. And yet, God, we get to drink in remembrance knowing that Sunday is coming, that the resurrection is the end of the story, that there is no, there is no death and, and, and we're just, just death and then we're, we're left to question, but we can actually lean in to the fact that you won over death. And so Jesus, as we partake and we drink this, uh, this drink to remember the blood that was shed for us on that cross, God, we drink in celebration. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for dying and rising again. We pray this in your mighty name. Amen, amen. Let's partake, church. Amen. Well, church, we're gonna sing again. It's a celebration because Jesus has redeemed us and he's also won the victory over death, over sin. And that gives us a lot of reason to celebrate. So why don't you stand back up to your feet as we begin to worship Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior.
1: You'll be
3: hands together and celebrate the living hope we have in Jesus listen if you made a decision today to follow Jesus we want to say congratulations it's the best choice that you could ever make and if you are watching online we would love for you to join next steps after this service there'll be a button in the chat and if you're watching this at a watch party why don't you stick around afterwards as people are heading out you can stay we'd love to get to know you and meet you if you got questions or anything like that if you made a decision today if you want to fill out a connect card whatever we'd love to chat with you today but listen As Pastor Brandon said, we have Easter coming. So we're looking forward to Sunday. We're excited to celebrate with you. It's going to be an incredible service. But we will see you on Sunday. Until then, have a great weekend. We love you, church.